Hello everyone, this is Jared Albrecht, the Yard Sale Artist, welcoming you to a Long Box Crusade Elseworlds episode. a long box crusade elseworlds you might ask well some of your favorite long box crusade members have done some work over on some other podcast networks that you may or may not be familiar with so from time to time we will grab a show from the past that one or all of us has done on one of those other networks and we'll play it for you here whether it's a james bond rookie agent show from on her majesty's secret podcast network or a comics with normies from white rocket entertainment network or some other bit of alternate dimension craziness, we hope that you enjoy this presentation of Longbox Crusade Elseworlds. Hello and welcome to On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, brought to you by our fine Patreon sponsors and White Rocket Entertainment and James Bond Lexicon. Maybe we'll talk more about that later, but that's a new book coming out by Alan Porter. Anyway, I'm your host for this program, Jared Albrick, a.k.a. The Yard Sale Artist, a.k.a. Death Probe. And joining me as veteran Bondophile co-host, as always, is my brother, Jason, the Weasel Skull Albrick. Welcome back, Jason. Hey, it's glad to be here. You may not know it, but Lexicon is French for Le Exicon. <laughs> and that's why he's on the show, folks. Dropping those knowledge bombs. Anyway. Duds? Duds, maybe? <laughs> so you fired up about Goldfinger tonight? I am fired up about Goldfinger. This is uh, this is one of the, the better Bond movies, and I, I'm excited to hear what our rookie agents have to say. And we do have a fine crew of rookie agents. So this is the third episode of our ongoing series called MI6 Rookie Agents. And on Rookie Agents, we're taking two friends from my life who are not very familiar with the 007 universe through the entire James Bond series of films, one movie at a time, to get a newcomer's point of view on the film series that we love so much here at On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. So let's welcome our Rookie Agents to the show. Welcome back, Agent Delvin Dark Web Williams. It is great to be back. And I have an update for you guys. The lighter side of Bond was very well received, and we're about to start work on it. And they asked me for more ideas. And, of course, I had more ideas to give. So the idea that I had was uh, a Felix Leiter film that happens over in the United States where we have a foreign agency trying to poison our beer supply, which would you know, obviously kill a lot of Americans. Uh, and it was going to be called Miller Leiter. But we couldn't do it because of, you know, copyright infringement issues. So we're going to have to go back to the drawing board. Uh, <laughs> the I don't that, know where to go from there. I, the fact that you spent time and effort on these consistent lighter jokes makes me proud of you. <laughs> Maybe these jokes will return. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> It's it's a it's a good possibility. If you look at maybe if they had to cut the budget, you could do uh, Natty Lighter. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody likes that. 
Oh my gosh. And of course, we have our other rookie agent, Double O, Pat Sampson, aka DJ Christatos. Welcome back, Pat. Well, thank you for having me back. I'm glad to be on the show. Yeah, we haven't fired you yet. Yeah, I know. I'm still if here. You, if you Woo-hoo. keep defeating Jason and I with your insanely hard trivia questions, we will reconsider that. And uh, with Delvin, I was hoping that that movie would get go off because I was the evil person on that as Christatos. <laughs> I was the one trying to hoard all the beer supply to myself. <laughs> so glad you guys are in the James Bond film industry. Because what goes better with Christatos? In- <laughs> than, a, than a nice cold than a better Miller lighter. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) All right, folks. I know you can't get enough of this. So we're planning on releasing this show monthly as a companion to the show that Van Allen Puxico and Alan Porter are doing. They're currently doing 1007 film per month as we build towards the release date of Bond 25 in 2019. And this show will do the same. Just getting a fresh look at the 007 series uh, through the eyes of our newcomers. So if you want a more in-depth and academic look in the series, complete with a host that has an actual British accent, definitely stay tuned and subscribe to On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. You'll get Van and Allen's show or the show where Van, John Ringer, and I are doing the World Cup of James Bond, amongst other fun Bondian things that we have planned. Basically, On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast is your channel for 360 degrees of Bond. So let's get to it with today's film, Goldfinger. But... Before we get our mission brief from Agent Jason, he's going to jump right into the action with no parachute in a new segment called, What Makes You Say That? I'm now aiming precisely at your groin, says speak over of a hotel piece. Now, if you guys out there ever listen to James Bond Radio, and if you don't, you totally should. I mean, once you listen to the James Bond Radio podcast, ours might not seem as good in comparison, so we might be losing listeners by doing this. But man, James Bond Radio is an excellent show. They play What's the Next Line, where one of their guys will say to the other guy, okay, I'll give you a line. You tell me what the next line in the movie is. So, you know, he'd say... You know, do you expect me to talk? And the guy would write by saying, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Well, we don't want to outright steal their idea, so we're flipping the script on that. We're going to play a game called What Make You Say That? I have actually two quotes for Jason. I'm going to give him a line from the movie. He's got to tell me what line came before it. Are you ready to play, Agent? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready to play. I'll do my best here. All right. I'm going to start you out with an easy one. Okay. So here's your line. You ready? Mm -hmm. Here's your line. I'll I'll try to do it in voice, but I'm probably not going to be very good. Here you go. Little boys, too. Kills little girls like you, you know. Very good. <laughs> Give it up for Jason. Oh, right. hey. Jason, you want the next one that I thought was a little bit harder? Whew, I feel warmed up. Throw it at me. Right. Take him take to the next one. I've level. got one more for you. All right, you ready? here we go. All right. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Yes, I know. You're very sweet. That's Mr. Goldfinger's room. Jason with the nice. room. Oh. Well done, sir. Well done. Wow, I'm impressed, Jason. You came through with shining, shining colors on that one. Well done, man. Well done. Whew, I was nervous. <laughs> well, now that you've proven yourself to the audience, and I am impressed, Agent Jason, please give us a look into the mission briefing on Goldfinger. Stop. Look. He's gunning for trouble. Double O seven. It spells Bond. He's the idol of every woman. Who are you? Bond. James Bond. The envy of every man. The nemesis of the treacherous Mr. Goldfinger. 
a triumph in thrill-making cinema entertainment. The man with the mind. A three-time winner for Fleming's secret agent 007. Who are you? My name is Pussy Galore. Isn't it customary to grant the condemned man his last request? You've asked for this. Come and purr over Honor Blackman as Pussy Galore. The female who is all feline. Also starring Gert Froeber as Goldfinger. International cheat. International menace. Gentlemen! Goldfinger, why weren't we told the New York and the West Coast weren't on this? Goldfinger, I made a delivery. Where is my money? And you owe me one million bucks. Goldfinger, the man with a finger in every pie. His goal, Fort Knox, the world's biggest bank. His enemy, 007, the world's wiliest, toughest gentleman agent with a license to kill. 007, it spells... Bond. James Bond. Mixing business with girls and thrills. Girls and fun. Girls and danger. The hotter the danger, the cooler he takes it. I think you've made your point, Goldfinger. Thank you for the demonstration. Choose your next witnesses and carefully, Mr. Bond. It may be your last. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you. Goodbye. John Connery returns for his third foray as Agent 007 in Goldfinger, the Bond movie that many argue perfected the James Bond formula. When 007 is tasked to keep an eye on industrialist and gold collector Arik Goldfinger, Bond goes beyond his mandate and humiliates the man by exposing him as a card cheat and betting his mistress. Mr. Goldfinger demonstrates why he is known as the man with the Midas touch and exacts his revenge by suffocating the woman to death through the grotesque method of covering her head-to-toe in gold paint. This event ignites the fuse that sets Bond and Goldfinger against one another and a spinning vortex of violence, seduction, and intrigue, with confrontations running from their early encounter on a golf course in London to the climactic battle at Fort Knox, 007 must use his wits, charms, skills, and, of course, Q's gadgets to overcome an army of henchmen, a giant Korean bodyguard named Ajab, the frosty exterior of femme fatale pussy galore, and an atomic bomb. Under the new direction of Guy Hamilton, Goldfinger straps you in and takes you through the next two hours like you're riding a supercharged Aston Martin DB5. Gunfights, car chases, threats of laser castration, and nuclear annihilation, and fisticuffs abound as the plot takes us from Miami to London to Switzerland, and ultimately the gold repository at Fort Knox, Kentucky. With the first true pre-credit sequence, the establishment of the Q-Bond relationship, and the first singing intro credits by the inimitable Shirley Bassey, 
Goldfinger set the bar and became the gold standard <laughs> against which future Bond films would be judged. So the cast included uh, Sean Connery returning for his third foray as James Bond. Goldfinger was played by, I'm going to probably pull a Cristados here, but I'll do my best. Garrett Froba. Pussy Galore was played by Honor Blackman. Odd Job was played by Harold Sakata. M returned as portrayed by Bernard Lee. Q's Return, of course, played by Desmond Llewellyn. Money Penny by Lois Maxwell. The film was directed by Guy Hamilton and raked in $125 million at the box office. Back to you, Jared. Yeah, $125 million. This This one really launched James Bond into uh, the American audience's uh, as I'm sure we'll probably talk about, like uh, Dr. Noah from Russia with Love kind of went under the radar a little bit in America. But, man, Goldfinger just really popped. And, Jason, I think you alluded to in a previous episode that uh, really people found from Russia with Love when Goldfinger popped. Because I think they double-billed it. And in some places, they might have double-billed Goldfinger with Dr. No as well. So Yeah, I think Doc- – could, could I ask – Oh, a- sorry. Go ahead, Pat. Oh, I was going to say, could I ask a question on that? I guess. Would you think it's because maybe the location is more, you know, this is all happening in the United States that maybe have brought more people into it? It may have. It's funny, as I was listening to our cousins, Alan and John, talk about Goldfinger earlier today. Um, Of course, Alan grew up in England. And so he was talking about how, as a child in England, seeing Goldfinger was very exotic to him. Because, like, Miami's exotic. And believe it or not, Kentucky is exotic. (laughs) Well, it and, is exotic. And we'll talk, I, I, you know. I had Kentucky Fried Chicken for dinner just before I started recording this. Just, you know, in honor of, you know, Felix Leiter and the KFC. Uh, hey, that's Goldfinger looking good. go on record to say that by this point, because Jason rambles off, we have to rewrite two trivia questions now. <laughs> I hate you so much. Uh, I hate you so much. We might have to take it. Every a, t- it happens every we time. We might have to do uh, <laughs> we might have to uh, take a few minutes to rewrite a couple of spare questions when we get to the trivia round. <laughs> One of them is my fault, though, because I didn't realize Jason answered it in his uh, summary of the movie. But anyway, and now let's find out what our rookie agents thought about this one in the segment that we like to call Declassified. Do you expect me to talk? All right, let's talk about the highs and lows of Goldfinger. And you know what? Who went first last time? I did. Pat, run your mouth about Goldfinger. <laughs> it's not time for that. Run your mouth about Goldfinger, okay. Pat. Oh, Goldfinger. Yep. What can I say about this movie? Actually, looking at my notes as I was taking them down, watching the movie, I found myself finding it hard to pause it so I could write a note or something because I was so into the That's movie. That's a good sign. Yeah. So I don't really have a big list of notes that I wrote down just because I was really into this movie. I was – this movie – had me at the start. Oh, really? Yeah, it's got a good... Well, yeah. you know what? If you want to make a comment then about the start, uh, what'd you think about the pre-title sequence? It's kind of the first time they did sort of a standalone movie pre-title sequence. I enjoyed that part that he goes into this. I had a few things on that uh, on my notes. Not that I... You know, I do have some notes. Oh, so, he's got notes. That's good. <laughs> I got notes. It's just not a, not a lot of... Not a lot of them. Some of them probably may not make sense here. Um, so I'm just going to go through what I have written down. But I was just wanted to say, I this movie was really good. I really enjoyed this movie. It had action. It had suspense. It had spy stuff, gadgets, all, everything you want. It had it. So, yeah. So, it's uh, a good one. Beginning sequence here. What if that nine-bolt battery wasn't really fully charged? 
in the bomb that he, in the time bomb that <laughs> like he's he, like they skipped on the bo- battery of budget <laughs> yeah yeah they got gotten the cheap battery and like oh damn it did he have a spare <laughs> I, i'm not sure damn it you i said energizer <laughs> <laughs> i love that he's he's having these little you know these one-liners these things now when he's in these different parts and i tried to write some of them down as they were going on mm-hmm. like when the guy when he electrocutes that guy in the in the tub it's like shocking positively also shocking shocking <laughs> <laughs> the whole sequence the whole that fight was good you know i know i complained a little bit about the fight scene on the train this was more that that first fight that's what i wanted to see you know there were they had more room to move around and make it look more adventurous and more exciting Yep, yep. Going on past there when he once he gets to Miami and he's you know, he's getting the massage by Dink <laughs> and then Felix comes up. What kind of outfit does he put on? <laughs> the terry cloth blue onesie. The jumper? Yeah, the jumper. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Like, <laughs> yeah, only he could pull that off. Oh, Delvin, is that in your notes? I just wondering, is that's in Delvin's notes? <laughs> it's it's not. I I I did not remark on what Bond was it what Bond put on or what lighter yeah. had. Yeah, yeah. Bond, Bond put I know on. what I'm getting y'all for Christmas now. <laughs> that's <laughs> Terry Cloth. That's Wednesday. funny. Van, Van's uh, theory, oh, by the way, was the producers of Bond wanted to prove to you that Sean Connery could look badass in anything. <laughs> and they're like, this Terry Cloth blue onesie. And they're like, oh, we're doing it. <laughs> and he still gets the lady, you know, when he goes up, <laughs> finds out what's happening, notices that she's spying on the, you know, on the card game there. He goes and finds. Oh, and you know how did he know where exactly where what room it was? I don't understand. Unless I had a feeling that he probably had to ask what room it was when he went. Yeah. To it. So. And then the girl girl just happened to be walking by to grab. Well, also keep in mind. I mean, it's it's the sixties. So whereas now, if you went and asked, "Hey, where does so and so stay?" They're like, "We can't give that information." True. <laughs> True. Yeah. Exactly. In the sixties, they're like, "Ah, oh, R. Goldfinger. He's in four fifteen. <laughs> Go right. Can you bring this up for us? <laughs> Here, bring this bring this terry cloth onesie up with you. <laughs> this is a little extra larger size for him." <laughs> It's a one and a half C. <laughs> I love that Terry Cloth onesie. I tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, I would say I no, never mind. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you could always edit it out. Pat. <laughs> I don't want to give you any ideas of what to send me. In the picture. <laughs> I do not want any ideas. Oh, you're getting a Terry Cloth onesie in 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 a random Terry Cloth thing. <laughs> hey, my Christmas card. <laughs> That's funny because I was talking to Van. We were talking about doing SpyCon this year. It's in Atlanta, and Van goes, uh, he goes, man, if we do, do SpyCon, I'm going to wear like a like a three piece suit every day to our table. And I said, I'm going to wear a blue Terry Cloth onesie. <laughs> 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 and for some reason, Van decided not to do SpyCon. But anyway, That's funny. <laughs> I think I'm going to do the, the, the orange wetsuit from Thunderball. Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Um, I like also, too, that they mentioned that uh, 008 is on standby. That's right. Always ready to replace him. Yes. That dude, like, dude, so what, what happened like to. What, what happened to. <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened to 1 through 6? He died. He died in the first movie. Wait, who died? What? 1? No, one through six. Double six died in the first movie. In Doctor No, he was killed. Was he? Which is why Bond took his place. Did he? Yes. 
the, the dude who first what? died in like the like the first few minutes of Doctor No, that By was double O. Yeah, Stranglies. I don't know that he was a double O. We may have to I don't think. That. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think he was a double O. Yeah, I tell you what. I know who double O six is. I can't believe it took us this long to answer. Uh, I know his, it is. His, his name is Alec Trevelyan, and we will meet him in a later episode. All right. Well, just I was thinking about that. I'm like, they're well, around. Okay, you have they're seven. They're around. Where's where's they're eight? off on missions, man? Obviously, they got at least nine okay. of these guys. All right. There are nine of them. Yeah, I think they they don't reference. They haven't referenced all of them, but most of them get at least referenced in throughout the series. They'll talk about 006 and 009 and 008. Somebody somewhere is probably screaming at the podcast about which ones they've all done, and I can't remember all of them. Here's a teaser for you for the next movie. You'll see them all in the next movie. Hmm. Okay, I don't remember that, but I'll take Jason's work for it. <laughs> I don't want to go down. We'll talk later, Jerry. Okay, we'll talk later. That's fine. All right. Well, yeah, that was my question. I was just wondering, you know, so you got double eight. I thought he like he's the next guy up waiting to go, <laughs> hey, when is going to be my turn? <laughs> Never. <laughs> Come on, James. Uh. Screw up. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to go. I know there's a lot of riding on it, but it's all psychological. (laughs) I was going to save this for my turn, but I think think this is a good good point to bring it up. Because this is one of the big problems I had with the movie is like, Bond should never have gotten this assignment. I mean, he blew it. He blew it in Miami. It's like they knew who he was. So the fact that they thought he could just stroll onto that golf course and and goldfinger didn't know who he was that's ridiculous mm-hmm. i mean he was yeah. why well, I... he was lying unconscious on the floor odd job you like mm, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, knew, yeah. he knew who he was mm-hmm. they were and, playing their cat mouse game and you know odd job didn't do all that painting himself they had some guys do it and you know that if a bunch of goons are gonna go up there and bond's like laying unconscious they're going to strip him down naked, hog tie him, draw a picture of a <laughs> on his forehead, and just mess around with him until they're done. And he I comes know to. what Jason would do if he was a, if he was a henchman. I, I absolutely would. I'd be like, seriously, dude, you're going to walk out here on the golf course. I know who you are. We knocked your <laughs> ass out back in Miami. Well, I, I thought that too. I'm like. Oh, yeah. just tapped him on the back and next thing you know yeah right. no there's oh, there's hey, no way I know it's you. like M should have been like uh, 007 you're fired from this case and bring in 008 and that's how it. particularly because how did he not particularly because they said you know hey you're just supposed to go and investigate and it's like oh by investigate do you mean go and completely screw up this guy's card game and mess and screw us yes I will investigate <laughs> well I mean with that girl you got mm-hmm. I don't blame him for doing it. I'm just, I'm just saying he got caught, and it's like they know who he is. Well, I've got, I've got some, some inner circle James Bond trivia to drop on you since this is the topic. Pat, you mentioned that you know he just like, like odd job, like just hit him in the back of the neck, right? And that was about it. Yeah. When they were filming, they told Harold Sakata, they're like, just you know, just, just give him a good tap on the back of the neck, and then he'll go down. Well, Harold Sakata was a professional wrestler. So his his definition of tap on the neck was a little different <laughs> than, Holl- than Hollywood's, and that's not <laughs> acting. Connery went down. <laughs> What's his wrestling? Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, Connery was he on WWF? Uh, no, that was didn't exist yet. But uh, Connery went down, and they said that he had a bruised neck for quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and then back to Jason's point about do you think they had other guys come and paint him gold? According to the books, no. Ajab does the does the gold painting himself, and just for just 
fun and out there trivia. In the books, Goldfinger has Ajab paint a prostitute gold once a month so he can bed a golden girl. That's not weird. God. No, no wonder why he's good at it and so he doesn't get any of that gold paint on the bed. <laughs> I don't know that. how that works. Well, had, had they introduced, you know, that element about the prostitute, you know, it would have gone a little further into uh, when Bond says, well, he's quite mad, you know. By the time Bond got to that point, I was kind of like, I don't see why he's crazy. Diabolical, sure, but yeah, not crazy. He's definitely one of like, the more cooler customer villains of the series. We're, we're interrupting that time. Of, uh, it's Pat time. Oh, Pat time, everyone. That was one of the things that I was going to mention, too, is like Goldfinger, you slowly see how kind of evil he can be. Like, you know, like the beginning, he's kind of all ruffled up, you know, getting the card game messed up. Uh, and then you start to see he's really an evil guy and thinking through a lot of things that he's a smart, evil genius. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. True enough. Um, let's see a few other my notes here. We'll get we'll get through this here. There's a lot of action. Really enjoyed all the action that was put through in this movie than that had been in some of the previous movies. So, like I said, it really had my attention. Mm-hmm. Um, another funny part I found out uh, when they're the grandma with the, she gets a gun out. Grandma's, <laughs> Grandma's got a gun. Got a gun. That, that little this is one of my favorite parts. Lady. <laughs> yeah. She's just sitting there waiting in the place to open the gate, and then she opens the gate, and next thing you know, boom, she gets out of this guy. She was all like making cookies one moment and then blasting away yeah. the next. Of course, I'm going to say this, and then who names her kid Pussy Galore? <laughs> uh, Mr. and Mrs. Galore apparently do. <laughs> yeah, was... Funny story there. Quick insight on that. I saw some of the uh, behind the scenes, and I can't remember if it was a director, producer, writer, but one of the people behind the scenes on the Bond thing, you know, they asked him, you know, what's what? the deal with you know pussy galore and you know how'd you get that past the censors and he's basically was like well it's a it's a name that adults will find funny and risque and he said you know kids shouldn't get it at all and if your kid gets it well you're not doing a very good job raising your kids <laughs> man i watched that as i was a kid and i totally got it i mean, I, I actually didn't get it until like six <laughs> eight months ago <laughs> oh jared <laughs> Uh, another comment that I found funny uh, from James is a few fast falls together sometimes. <laughs> we must have a few fast falls together sometimes. Yeah. They're like, oh, that's an interesting way of saying let's make some <laughs> I was wondering about when her planes come flying over, mm-hmm. you know, Fort Knox and in that area there. How are civilian planes able to fly over that Fort Knox? Is there like a no-fly zone? or There you know? is definitely one now. I'm honestly not sure if there was one back in 60, okay. back what in is the this, time. four? I think it's 64. I don't know if I, they I had one. I think that's right. I don't know if they had one back then. I know now there are there are no flight zones. And, uh, you know, if anybody spent any amount of time in there and ignored radio contact, there'd be Air Force fighters would be scrambled and so on and so forth. I don't think, I think uh, I remember when I watched the making of this, I said they didn't exactly ask for permission. <laughs> <laughs> and they they hired a bunch of uh, crop dusting pilots, and so they were all men, and they had to wear these wigs. And so they kept admonishing them because most of them smoked cigars when they were flying by. And so for the close, you know, they for some of the shots, 
They, they said, you got to stop smoking those cigars. <laughs> Put your wigs on. But yeah, I, I thought the same thing too, Pat. I was like, that definitely would not would not happen today. Yeah, I just found that. I'm like, wow. Uh, a bunch of planes just flying right over and they got these awesome shots. I mean, it was awesome shots that you could see. And I guess I've never seen Fort Knox. So I would, that was an interesting thing to see. Uh, exactly what it looks like and well i i gotta think that they did some location stuff because it sure looked like a military base circa 1964 i think that was a lot of location stuff i'd wonder if jason if you have any insight on that but yeah they actually actually did go to to fort knox and so so the the scenes Hmm. where they're flying over there were it was actually fort knox they flew over oh wow yeah so it, it was uh they tried to go to the the actual depository and as they approached it they were <laughs> turned away and and so they asked you know well can we get a tour so they wanted to see what the inside looked like so they could figure out how to build the set the guy mm-hmm. told them that you know the president of the united states is not allowed inside this building <laughs> <And> so <laughs> so they had to they they just used their imagination for when they built the set oh, yeah. but yeah some of that uh that that exterior stuff was um was 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 at Excuse Fort me. Fort Knox, and um, I, I'm not going to spoil it. I've I've got one of my bond facts right. coming up. I'll okay. I'll drop it on you then. Okay, sounds good. Um, just a few other things is uh, going back to the beginning of the movie where Bond M and I can't remember the other gentleman's name, but he complains about the brandy not being right. Well, like what was wrong with it? Had an overdose of bonbon, obviously. I guess I, I guess I <laughs> and had it was in, indef- indifferently blended. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I wouldn't probably tell. So what? What does that mean? Drink it. Oh, the, um, yeah, that's what I'm, a, like, I'm sorry. Thirty-year-old fiend. Yeah, indifferently blended with an overdose of bon moi. And if you don't know what that means, then we'll join the club. I don't well, know. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think. I don't think Emma understood it either because he's like looking at the drink and the. Uh, like, mm, I believe you know, Colonel Smithers is giving the lecture. 007. That actually uh, kicks off kind of a running gag throughout the Bond movies where where Bond will show how like cultured or really, really smart he is on certain topics and it really annoys him. So you can look forward to seeing that. Uh, okay. More. That's what I was thinking. I was like, it was like, oh, is that a little dig at, you know, he just he nonchalantly he just <laughs> yeah. says that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> then I like, you know, then you get into the next part with Q, you know, you start seeing all these cool gadgets, the car. I really liked, I, I just totally really liked this movie. It was, had suspense, it had action, it had the gadgets. Really enjoyed it. Excellent, excellent. Any other questions, current concerns? Oh, I'll just go through my other, you know, smoke count. Smoke if you got them. Oh, just yeah, one. He lights up Only once. Only one smoke, huh? And that's in the beginning. And oh, man, yeah, right when he, uh, the bomb goes off. Yes. That was the only smoke of the movie, yeah. huh? Yeah, so I don't know. I might have to find something else. What are the stats on Double O Player, my friend? Double O Player? Well, here we go. We have the first girl was the girl in the bathtub. Obviously, he was playing her. He was going to get some action, but didn't have, that didn't happen. Yes. I'm sure he probably had gotten it before. I think, yeah, I think he lined up some action before that scene. Yeah. Dink. We know how that turned mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Well. Uh, well. Yeah. Well, I say that's unconfirmed. Well, yeah, he was hanging with Dink, and you just have to assume that if she's hanging with Bond, that it went down. But uh, he ended up. Uh, well, and that's I won't count it. I'm not. No, yeah. I mean, it's debatable. It's not officially captured on film. <laughs> he 
because yeah, then he ended up with Goldfinger's uh, girlfriend. Interesting side note, by the way, in the uh, in the credit titles at the beginning, you know how they're they're kind of showing film on the Golden the girl. Girl's body. Mm-hmm. That 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 was Dink. Yeah. Dink was the Golden Girl in the credits, whereas uh, Goldfinger's girlfriend ended up being the the Golden Girl in the movie. Oh, I got one, too. I got one, too. So the girl at the beginning of the pre-title sequence that got knocked out, she was uh, Karen Bay's wife and from Russia with Love. That's right. Oh. And he he was like, be still, woman. (laughs) Back to the salt mines. (laughs) Karen Bay. (laughs) Luckily, I was sitting over here resting on the settee. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then we'll we'll see what Jill is it Masterson? Don't worry it's about Masterson. it. Masterson. Don't worry about it too much. <laughs> okay. So he got her. Uh, and then, of course, we know what happened to her. Again, he flirts with Money Penny. I like that little you know, back and forth that they do. Always interesting. Uh, then her Jill's sister, is it Tina? Tilly. Tilly. Her, Tilly? Okay. Her as well, but didn't get any. And then, of course, I have Pussy Galore. Do you really? Oh, that, right. We, you know. Right. <laughs> Well, I don't, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I have for the double O player. Okay, good, good. No further comments? That's it. No, no further at this time. I think it's time for us to all plug into the dark web, turn, it on, turn on our modems, and see what Delvin, a.k.a. the dark web, a.k.a. Felix Leiter, what his highs, lows, and questions are. Delvin, floor is yours. Hey, hey, good to be here. Um... Glad I'm here giving you my comments. So, yeah, the plane was leaving for Miami in an hour. And, you know, James still found time for love and a pun, you know. <laughs> so that always, you know, these are just Bond staples. And he, I, I, I used to, the first two movies, I was writing down the, you know, the quips or the one-liners that he gave. But there are actually too many. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. It, it is a Bond thing. So uh, if you're either going, if you're if you're going to watch Bond movies and you don't like puns, then, <laughs> <laughs> then, we give up now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Abort, abort now. Get in the passenger seat and get ejected. <laughs> nice, you're, nice. You're gonna get puns, man. I, I thought the opening credits uh, it seemed more ominous than Doctor No from Russia with Love. Um, I don't know. Seemed like it was kind of, you know, trying to set a darker tone. But I did like that in the pre-opening uh, credits. That again, they it was separate from the film, but it was you know back into action, and that's that's just a cool way to get it started when it comes to uh, a secret agent because a secret agent's going to be doing cool stuff like that. See that smack on the bottom from Dink. That was man talk. Oh my God, that is there. You can just definitely fifty years is a long time. I guess fifty four years since the movie came out, and oh my God, if 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 something like that happened in a movie, oh man, Twitter fire! (laughs) The the entire interwebs would explode. The dark webs would explode. Just a bunch of exploding internet. Social uh, media is not good for 007. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, so it was a very nice line when uh, Bond snuck up and, and was talking to Jill and asked, you know, why does Goldfinger, you know, cheat, basically? And she said he likes to win. 
very simple. And it, and it, and it definitely uh, set the tone for Goldfinger's motivations the rest of the movie. I'll go ahead and say of the three movies that I've seen so far, by far, Arik Goldfinger is the best villain. Uh, he was very smart and very intelligent. And what also makes that funny is he, if he could somehow reverse the things that he did, the thing that he probably would have done a little bit sooner is kill Bond. Because had he killed Bond, he wouldn't have had any of those issues at the end, even though even though it took an incredible set of circumstances for Bond to get out of the situation that he was in. Think about that. Bond was handcuffed to the bomb and left to sit there and just watch as his last seconds tick away. And the only reason that he got out of that is because Odd Job threw that dude over the side who had the key. And then Bond's <laughs> like, oh, I better, I better get on this action. That's that's it. Other other than that, you know, it, we would have been looking at double O eight. He would have he was he would have been a goner, and so that means that Art Goldfinger got him that far, and without laying a hand on him. And by the way, another high odd job was a spectacular villain um, as the henchman. Uh, he was very capable. It was very clear that. James Bond really couldn't do anything with him physically. He had to outsmart him. He tried to do things with him physically, and Odd Job literally laughed at him. Uh, it, it, was, <laughs> did. it was it was kind of cool that Odd Job didn't speak English. Like that could have played badly, you know, in some ways, but it didn't in this way. That he was the literal strong silent type really played into the role that he played. He, he seemed like he was just very happy at being that role of henchman. And and so far, even though uh, the last guy, the uh, Russian James Bond uh, from Russia, uh, Grant, Grant was a very good villain. I thought as the but he was kind of the main guy. But as far as henchmen go, uh, our job uh, has number one uh, in my spot uh, so far. It, it was also very well established that. Goldfinger had a legitimate reason to not like Bond. Bond completely disrespected him. He didn't have to either. Bond went out of his way to disrespect Goldfinger. And if you're a proud businessman like that, yeah, you're going to get offended. And you're probably going to want to get your revenge. So even if he recognized Bond coming back you know, with the gold scheme, it stands to reason that Goldfinger would let that play along just so he can enact some sort of ultimate revenge on Bond. Just kind of food for thought, I guess. Let's see. Any- and he kind of warned it, warned him too, didn't he? At the golf course, he was like, yeah. "This is the second time I passed across. Better not happen again." Yeah, he is, definitely hinted at it. Is Goldfinger? He's not part of Spectre, is he? He is not. Good question, Pat. There's no Spectre influence in this movie. Okay. Let's see any other. No, oh, uh, it was just kind of hilariously uh, funny that uh, after the car hit the oil spill, it just exploded. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that, I just thought that was funny. It's like, okay, they already went off the cliff. They were already going to die, but now they're really, really dead. <laughs> yeah, Julie um, laughed at that too. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was funny. It was funny. Oh yeah. 
Bond and Q. Uh, they, we, we talked a little bit about that. Bond gave a look when he was about to be briefed. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't take more than an hour or so. Yeah. Like, oh, and, God. And he just, yeah, he just rolled his <laughs> eyes like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? <laughs> That was that was freaking hilarious. They did a they did a great job with that, and, and it's a it's a great dynamic that they have back and forth. There was a ton of spy stuff that was uh, really really cool. Um, you saw uh, James kind of sneaking around a little bit, and he was definitely playing uh, saboteur a little bit more than he had played uh, in the former movies. It, it just I guess the overall feel of the movie just felt like it, it, it's kind of like. If you have a friend you just met, right, and you're kind of being a little bit nice and you're kind of being a little bit polite. And then that 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 time, then that all of a sudden and who knows when that moment comes. But all of a sudden you're like, ha ha ha. And you call him like a jackass or something. And you just both laugh. It's like when you get to that comfortable point where you can insult your friend and that friend is that's where this third movie was to me. It felt like the Bond franchise started to really stretch his legs and get comfortable with presenting who James Bond was to the movie universe. I um, love that analogy. That's that's, yeah, that's really a, good. That is a good take. Um, Pat, why can't your takes be that good? <laughs> uh, he, he's Felix Lane. <laughs> <laughs> your takes are indifferently blended with an overdose of Bob <laughs> <laughs> Thirty-year-old feed. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, the uh, I think most people have heard the line of you know you know do you expect me to talk? No, Mister Bond, I expect you to die. It, yeah. You know what? That line was it was it was kind of delivered flat, but like it was but it was perfect because yeah, go like yeah, dude, I don't. Uh, you make me sick. I, I don't like you. I, I just want you to die, but I want you to die slow. Like I, I don't. I could have. Sh- I could have shot you, but I want you to see this death coming and for you to die painfully. It that that line made a lot more sense in context of uh, having seen it for the first time. So that was cool. You can blank this next comment out uh, if it's a little bit uh, too controversial, but uh, I thought it was hilarious once you know seeing. Uh, Pussy Galore's um, and, and her troop come and brief her, then run off. I was like, you know, Pussy's Angels is a phrase I never thought I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of weird. Um, let's see. The 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 gangsters that, that were in the room when Goldfinger was explaining his plan, they were hilariously expository. They just, yeah. <laughs> you paid each of us a billion dollars to bring you in this. <laughs> what's going on? What's happening? What's going on pool table? Yeah, I don't like the way this floor is moving. Hey, uh, what's, what's going on with the wall? I'm scared. I don't like the dark. <laughs> what number of James Bond movie is this? Is this two? Is this three? <laughs> oh my goodness. Put, put, a, put a pin in that scene because I'm going to talk about it when Delvin's done. <laughs> okay. Oh, um, I have some things to say too. You shut your mouth. I'll wrap up very uh, shortly. It would have been cool if, you know, Bond did the whole thing, you know, where he, and I'm putting in huge air quotes here, seduced <laughs> pussy galore. It would have been really cool, like because like it, Bond started and he was like laying on a charm, and she was like, "Nope, not interested, not interested at all." 
And it would have been cool even after that had, you know, she stuck to her guns. And like, it would have been, I mean, the movie would have turned out, of course, completely differently. But it would have been cool if that would have happened because, you know, James Bond kind of did that in From Rush With Love, right? Not From Rush With Well, he kind of did with From Rush With Love. And um, where, you know, he was being seduced, but he's like, no, I have my mission. And it would have been cool if she would have done the same thing. But, you know, she didn't. And he, but overall, uh, so far, Goldfinger, the best uh, villain that I've seen, an odd job has was the best henchman. I, I kind of wish that there was more of a, a sidekick, but you know, it, it kind of makes uh, Karen Bay's character from last movie really stick out because he was an excellent sidekick mm-hmm. uh, to James Bond. It, it maybe is for the best that James Bond didn't have a sidekick in his movie because you definitely got to see him more literally in action, and that was cool. And I agree with Pat a lot. You could tell that there was a bigger budget, and and I, I can ask. That's kind of my not stump. I don't think of it as a stumper question because Pat's the man with that. But do you know what the budget was for the movie? Oh goodness! It because was, it was it was more was, than the first it, two combined. I know that much. I think it was five million. It was clear it was more than Dr. No, I can tell you that. Yeah, Dr. No got like a million. I think From Russia With Love got two, and I think this one got five. I'm shooting from my hip a little bit, but I think that's right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you you could tell it had a bigger budget. You could tell that the direction was clear. I do – I agree with Pat as well that – you know, you wanted to take notes, but you like, you know, you have to put your head down to take yeah. notes. And so you're looking up and, you know, something else cool is actually are, are happening or there's action that's happening. I can see why um, Jared, you and Jason thought that um, that it was or it should be for Pat and I for our, our best or the best Bond movie to uh, date that we watch. I can definitely see where you got that from. Very good movie. Cool. When I was trying to take notes in the beginning, I would like pause it. I'd have to rewind it another like five <laughs> minutes or ten minutes just to kind of go back and go, did I miss something else? Finally, I'm just like, screw it. I'm going to give up. I'm just, <laughs> just going to watch, watch it. It's good. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely the crisp pacing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Delvin, did you have anything else for I I'm going to launch into about no, bro, 30 seconds. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good, Jason. Uh, I'm, I'm, Jared. Thanks. I'm going to steal some of Jason's thunder, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> We may need to vote on this, whether or not we want to keep it in or out of the podcast. But it's quite true that in the Goldfinger book, uh, Pussy Galore, lesbian. And yeah. and Bond, so Bond not only woos her with his charms, he woos her to the other team with his oh. charms. <laughs> oh. yeah. Brings her back to the light side. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's yeah, it's a little even weirder in the book. And uh, we can discuss whether we want to keep that factoid in or not. Well, uh, well, you know what? No, keep it. And I'll tell you why. Because Bond made that comment. I appeal to her maternal instincts. instincts. <laughs> yeah, they played with that a little bit. And, you know, it's funny. Um, Fleming wasn't shy about that. If you remember back to From Rush With Love in the book, you already saw something that was a little... A little interesting about Rosa Klebb. In the book, it's fairly well spelled out. She's also lesbian. Yeah, we didn't we didn't mention that a lot in From Russia with Love. She was definitely a little bit um creepy. And she was very interested in uh, she was about as interested in Tatiana as I was. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. Makes makes more sense on those brass knuckles. <laughs> it's a solid job interview. The only other quick things I want to point out is Delvin hit the nail on the head, and Pat, you touched on this too. Goldfinger is great. The character Goldfinger is great because he gets as many like cool and flippant lines as James Bond does. You know, do you expect yeah. me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. And, you know, oh, what is the what is the what is the um, club secretary have to say about this? Oh, nothing, Mr. Bond. I own the club. You know, he gets those little. Yeah, I quite I quite yeah. enjoyed your briefing. So, so I, did I, I just um, <laughs> was that Pat? He gets that the other one up. Yeah, on he gets it nice. all the time as they're trying to. <laughs> He's got just as many sort of smart ass lines as Bond does. And it's a lot of fun. <laughs> He, like, totally psychs out those soldiers, too, when he comes out there in his general's uniform. He's like, you guys David, go over there, Jason, you line up right there, and you go oh, right there. Oh, oh I Jason, definitely have a comment on that. Jason, if you don't start reading the trivia questions, I'm going to have to send the third update now. <laughs> damn, damn. I, Sorry, was that a question? Oh, damn it. Read you the updates when I text them to you. All right, I, that could show. <laughs> I, I do have a comment on that because I thought two things. One... Very, very, very quick thinking by Goldfinger when he saw that the tables were turning, that he had a switch into an American uniform. But the troops shouldn't have been fooled by that because he had on like, you know, colonel's rank. And that's an officer. Officers don't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but he was like overweight and... (laughs) Oh, that so that still fits in with the officer motif. So. <laughs> I'm gonna have to craft another another trivia question, Jason. Which is funny because Jason's actually wrong, but Delvin, you nailed it. He was a colonel. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I just I just the, saw the trivia question. I gotta but change questions. I've had to, oh, I've yeah, had to, I've had to change three questions during the recording of this show. <laughs> Read the questions, Jason. Read. <laughs> Uh, anyways, the only other things I want to point out, and I may be stealing one from Jason, but this is my fa- by far my favorite thing about Goldfinger. You guys watched it. You loved it. It was fast-paced. One of the things you'll notice if you go back and watch it again, that whole scene with the gangsters, right, and the trick pool table, and the scale model of Fort Knox, and the whole briefing of what he's going to do, and then what does he do? Immediately. He just kills everybody. He kills everyone. He There's no him. reason for him to give that briefing. Yeah. To build, build that, that scale model with the trick pool table because he just kills everybody after the break. He, he does it for himself. He does it for the audience. He's, who he does it for. Well, yeah. But, I mean, that's just the kind of guy he is. He's has to know that he's winning and that he has the upper hand on everybody. And, by the way, that that's your Pope in the pool moment. <laughs> God, I hate it's not funny when you I get do it, Jason. <laughs> okay, I'm doing another. Hang on, I'm doing another trivia question. <laughs> but he lets that one guy go. Well, for a while, and then well, next thing you know, he, did, he, he didn't let him go. He, the guy said, "Yeah, okay, I've heard your your cockamamie scheme, dude. I'm out. Give me my million. Yeah, we'll give you your million and one more thing: death. No, dead, <laughs> dead, not alive. But I think Pat's point is. And Jared's point, too, is you didn't have to give that briefing. He just had to get them all in the room and just gas them all. So, I mean, even that was just a waste of time and energy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, just lost a nice I car. I just want to know who built that scale model of Fort Knox. And then he was like, wait, you killed them all? <laughs> I spent hours on that. All right, Jason, I'm sending you updated trivia questions. I hate you. Aside from that, um, the only other thing I want to point out is this is, uh, as uh, Van and Alan talked about on their version, this is very much... Uh, the Raiders of the Lost Ark of the Indiana Jones franchise. 
uh, of the James Bond franchise. Because uh, there's a long-standing theory that if you watch Raiders of the Lost Ark, you realize that Indiana Jones doesn't really do anything to affect the outcome. Almost applies here. James Bond does almost nothing to affect the outcome of what happens. Uh, aside from basically wooing over Pussy Galore. He doesn't really do much. He gets kidnapped, and that's really about, about it. Yeah, they do have plenty of time to kind of get rid of him. Yeah, it's kind of they just kinda funny. And that, that would be another glaring omission and Goldfinger's plan because he went off to do whatever the heck he was and he's like, hey, pretty lady, I'm going to leave you with this ridiculously dapper secret agent. Keep him occupied for two hours or so, okay? (laughs) Wink! (laughs) He's oozing with confidence. (laughs) Dress sexy. Oh, goodness. Oh, which is funny because he's like, can you go dress, you know, nice? And she comes out in like two different shades of purple. I mean, come on. Come on. Yeah. You could do better than that. Yeah, I was I was expecting something better than that. I'm like, really? <laughs> Two different shades of purple. What was wrong with what you had on? What was wrong with what you had oh, on? Oh, but anyways, I've run at the mouth for too long. This is officially Jason's portion. I, oh, I just uh, one other thing, if we could. You guys mentioned it in the beginning. This was the first film to have a theme song. Yes. What are you guys' thoughts on that? Song? Oh, that's a good, good question, Pat. Um, I'm going to jump <laughs> right in just because... When I was five years old, I bought my first record at a flea market. I paid a dollar, and it was the soundtrack to Goldfinger. It has stuck with me to this day. I know every tune front to back, and I think it is the quintessential James Bond theme song. That's it for me. Jason? Yeah, I was going to say, this really is going back to our, our childhood. We listened to this record an awful lot growing up, and and although it's not my favorite theme song uh, out, of the, out of the Bond franchise, I'd say it's arguably if you had to pick one song to sum up the the bond franchise to represent it i think it you'd be hard to argue against this one yeah yeah if you got a song with lyrics um obviously the james bond theme from dr no is probably the most iconic but yeah a song with lyrics and whatnot yeah i agree with jason delvin well i thought he was asking the two professionals no i was asking everybody oh, okay. yeah, was everybody's opinion on oh. the the song oh. since this is our first you know movie that has a theme song and everybody knows it kind of you know, yeah comes to be a thing for yeah it. okay i got i have opinions you know you want opinions <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I want. I want. I want to hear your opinion. My, my my opinion is that the song definitely set the table for the movie, and, and it is. It is a. If you think about what anybody who wants to do a Bond song now, what what they how the style of the song is, how 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 it's set up, a lot of that comes from this song. This this. Mm-hmm. composition you you can tell just by the feel of it. it if it feels like a bond song it probably is because it sounds somewhat like goldfinger may and not not the singing because you know i mean you're, you're not really gonna match shirley bassey's voice and i have no idea what her background was i'd probably i'd assume something with opera because she could just reach these notes with all that power and and it's but it set the tone for just the Bond movies to come. So I thought it was a fantastic song. Big and bold and brassy. Does anybody know where this hit on the chart wise? I, I guess I didn't take the time to take a look and see. Ooh, I but... do. I do. Oh, I read, go ahead with the dark web. I read the I read the DVD cover that yeah. that, that, that a little birdie gave me a long time ago. DVD and nice. and it said that 
it, it made it to number eight in the charts. <laughs> oh, done, okay. Delvin. Well, I think yeah, but uh, that's interesting. So this made it to eight. I'm, I'd be interested to see, and probably uh, people know it, but off the top of my head, I don't know where the other ones rank. So uh, I think maybe that's something we can keep track of going on. Forward. I know which one made it to number one. Okay, but I don't want to. Right, I'll keep it a secret. Yeah, my thought on the song. I enjoyed it. Wasn't my favorite. Just because at the time, and I've only heard it maybe, I think this is my first time hearing the whole song, you know, the more of the song, otherwise than just a lyric of, yeah, that's about it. That's all I need. <laughs> that's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. But hearing it, I was like, okay, I can see where this, you know, like you said, you guys said, set the kind of the tone of the movie. <laughs> Let you know, hey, that's a Bond. You know, everybody knows that's a Bond movie. That's a Bond, you know, theme song. Thanks, I think that I think that whole that. question thing that Pat just did was an attempt to bait Jason into singing, and uh, and it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> you guys beat me to it. I didn't mean to. <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness! Well, we have taken up a ton of Jason's time. So, Jason, as our veteran Bondophile here, uh, what are your overall thoughts on uh, Coldfinger? And I bet. I just bet you've got three little known facts. I'm, I might have three little known facts that, that I have here. Hold on one second. And then some. <laughs> Jason's 27 little known facts. Well, I was guilty, too. I was throwing stuff in during. I just love this movie so much. But it is funny now that I've had my eyes open to that whole Bond doesn't really do a lot besides get, get kidnapped and seduce a woman. At any rate, at any rate, my, my thoughts on Goldfinger, and I'll make this quick for a change, is uh, obviously, like we talked about, it's the first Bond movie, I think, that really perfects the formula. And it kind of took, I think the first two Bond movies were almost, it was like a spy thriller, which were cool, with, with some action mixed in. And this becomes more of an action fun ride. And we'll see that formula progress as we go through the movies. And I think Bond will always kind of try to walk that line between being a, a kind of realistic, dangerous thriller and and the fun element. And when the Bond movies hit hit that mark perfectly, it's really good. Sometimes they get a little bit almost a little too whimsical, almost like a farce. And then that's kind of what spurred the whole Austin Powers parodies and things like that. But I think Goldfinger is one of those where they hit the mark just right. I have one other thing that we talked about that bothered me. We, we've already touched on a couple of them, but one that we haven't really talked about was when the, the ladies are, are dispensing with that gas canister that supposedly kill, was supposed to to kill all the soldiers but they switched it out and they got like all those soldiers, like forty thousand soldiers on fort knox to just like fall over and pretend like they're they're dead yeah. <laughs> at the same time i mean i was just thinking like as a former soldier that would never happen like there's no way you could coordinate that there was there'd be some private or some lieutenant that was ofo and just comes <laughs> Wandered in like, what is going on, guys? Why are you all falling down? <laughs> yeah, and, and even if, even if for argument's sake, they could do that. If you remember, they like drive through the town before they get to before they get to Fort Knox, yeah. and the whole town's in on it too. I was like, oh, this is a bit much. So, and yeah, and there's like cars crashed and all over that and, then... and everything else. Uh, yeah it was just kind of yeah i was like wow man that's we're really stretching here uh, but, the, but those are the things i found a little bit off-putting but the things that i really liked uh like i said the formula odd job 
is probably, I mean, except for Jaws, he's probably my favorite of the of the big heavies, you know, the, the enforcer types. Uh, Garrett Frobe is, as you said, did such a great job as Goldfinger. The Aston Martin DB5, I think, is probably my still to this day my favorite car. Beautiful car. Man, it's, it was a gorgeous yeah. car. Whenever someone asks me if you can have any car from any movie, it's always either this one or the Batmobile from 1989's Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm taking the Aston Martin DB5 hands down. I mean, I think even, it, it, it holds up today. Um, what a great set piece. It, it, it was just amazing. So I, this this is a film that that I still enjoy. It's that I, I enjoy all the Bond films. Don't get me wrong, but some I view more as homework than others. This one was one I was actually looking forward to putting in and watching again. So, yeah, love this movie, and I'll leave it at that. Ah ah ah! I just I just did a little Google A research, and according to the Google A's. Uh, this movie had a budget of three million dollars. The first one had a million. The second one had two million. This one got three million dollar budget. Three million to get back a hundred twenty million. I'd say that's a good investment. <laughs> good investment. Yes, they did. They they spent wisely. So, all right, my pope's in the pool. Let's do it. All right. So here's Bond fact number one. So Garrett Frobe spoke no English, and that was much to the surprise of the Goldfinger casting department. His agent told them that he spoke perfect English. He spoke no English. So, <laughs> true story. so it's a true story. Uh, so at the end of the day, much of his dialogue was dubbed, uh, dubbed later using the vocal talent of an actor named Michael Collins. So, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's in that whole movie. Yeah, he's the, he's the James Earl Jones of that, uh, <laughs> of that franchise. I think you're from German. First. Yeah, he was he was German, and uh, he he could memorize the lines, and so what? But it was hard for them to understand. So so what uh, Guy Hamilton had him do was say them really fast, and so he would say the lines really fast, and the ones they could use they saved, but then the other ones they would have the um, they, they had Michael Collins come in and dub over. At any rate, so that was kind of funny. Factoid number two. So the scene at Fort Knox, uh, Guy Hamilton and his crew, they made a backroom deal with a, a platoon of U.S. Army soldiers to use the platoon. Uh, it was uh, They made a deal with the platoon sergeant to use his platoon uh, for all the knockout sequences. So those sequences where all these soldiers are falling down, they're all the same guys, uh, you know, just filmed in different different areas. So so they they filmed them several times just falling down and then. For the the soldiers were uh, they charged uh, ten dollars in a beer for their services. That's what it cost cost Guy Hamilton to, <laughs> to film those scenes. Ten dollars in a beer. That was another thing that kind of jumped out at me, too, Jason uh, and and Delvin. I suppose you ever notice in these movies, like when they're on a military base, they always show like soldiers like marching in formation, which is like you almost never see on a military. Like if it's a training base, then yeah. But yeah. like outside of PT running in the morning, you don't see anybody marching in formation. Not but, usually. But in movies, they do it all the time as if to say, this is a military base. Yeah, it's like, what, what, what's, some, what's something that military folks do? <laughs> they march. They march. Yeah. 
So, so yeah, that's uh, so I thought that was interesting. Ten bucks and a beer. Ten bucks and a beer. And so finally, um, the last little fa- factoid here is that the set designer uh, Ken Adam coming back uh, after Doctor No. He didn't have any luck in getting a peek into the interior of the gold depository like we talked about earlier. So, And he was told that the president of the United States himself was not allowed in the building, and the design was left to his imagination. So he wanted to see a, a cathedral of gold is what he, he envisioned. And so that set piece that, that we see with Bond in the elevator and the final fight with uh, Odd Job there – that set cost almost 45,000 pounds and was at the time the most expensive set piece ever constructed in British cinema cinema history. And Ken Adams said he actually got a letter from the guy, whoever it was that was in charge of Fort Knox commending him on his imagination and said, but you're not even close. <laughs> <laughs> so those are my, my three facts, and I'll send it back to you, Jerry. Or should I just... Go right do, into the. Do you think? Martini. Do you think? Yeah. Okay, so I guess it's martini time, guys. Let's uh, let's knock knock one back, or seven back, or a scale of one to seven. How many uh, martinis would you like to give this uh, this movie, Pat? I'm going to give it seven martinis. I really enjoyed it. Like I said, it was. Uh, it was one I. <laughs> I couldn't stop watching, you know, and and seeing more, and it even got me when a Colonel Sanders so, showed up in it. <laughs> that was a trivia question, but I had to rewrite it during the episode. <laughs> See, everybody do it anyway, Jared. I know. All right, Delvin, is it getting seven martinis from you or a little bit less? <sighs> I'm hesitant any time to give something like just the top of it. I mean, because this is this is the third movie. Yeah, we got we got more movies, and 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 I don't want to cheapen, you know, my 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 seven martinis. I, I don't want to cheapen it. You gonna give it six point five? I'll give it six. It was six martinis. It was it definitely it was the best of the three movies. I want to I want to set a bar, and I want. <laughs> So to speak, <laughs> a martini bar. <laughs> so to freaking speak, but I, I want to set that bar that there could be a better Bond movie. But of the first three, absolutely, uh, definitely the best, and it gets my best rating so far at six. I think that's fair. All right. Well, there you have it, Jared. Back to you. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Now it's time to crown. I know you guys have been looking forward to this. This episode's Double O Award winner. Pat and Delvin will do this by answering a series of trivia questions on Goldfinger. <laughs> Delvin just got two points. Uh, <laughs> Delvin yes. gets extra points for that. That was great. Delvin is our current champion. So let's find out how it ends up this time. But before we do that, let's take a quick break to thank our Patreon sponsors. White Rocket Entertainment. So, real quick, we got a good long list, which is good. We appreciate y'all. Starting with Nicholas Cottrell, Joseph Fine, Christopher Burleson, Samuel Salvatore, Neil Dyer, Phil Amthor of WeHaveDonuts.com, Steve Trawick, Richard Stevens, Justin Bean, David Evers, Tom Anderson, Timothy, Ann Thompson, Wes Atkinson, Steve Harlan, Richard Stevens, Andrew Barber, Gerard Albrich, Rich Reimer, Bill Matthews, Chris Usher, Will Summerford, John McCune, Catherine England, David Simpson, Josh Teal, Mike Finley, Randall Walker, 
Walker, C.T. Wayne, Earl Ricks, War Eagle Earl, Dave Powell, Michael Kirshner, Mick Vigicana, Chris Thrash, Logan Chilton, George Gaston, Tony Perry, Alex Gwynn, Clay Henson, J.W. Rice, War Dan Wade, David Medinus, Mark Squire, Joey Miller, Matthew Wagstaff, Russell Million, Rob Morgan, Steven Schuster, James Taylor. Anybody got a James Taylor joke? You just called. There we go. I think. There you go. Thank you. You. You know uh, John. Yeah. <laughs> John Stubbs. John. <laughs> John Stubbs. Good to see you again. Grant Rumble, oh, Nicholas man. Craig, plus our one-time and anonymous donors. If you'd like to help keep rockets in our cigarettes, you too can help sponsor the show over at Patreon.com. Just search the keyword Plexico, P-L-E-X-I-C-O, and you can give as little as a dollar a month to help. Keep hang gliders on our speedboats. This joke will make more sense to you guys later. And uh, <laughs> like those other folks whose names you just heard, you'll get a shout out on every episode of all the White Rock Entertainment shows, including this one. As a Patreon, you also get bonus material and behind the scenes information on all White Rocket endeavors, including our novels, comic books, and more. Over to you, Jason. Okay, let's do it. Let's find out who this mission's trivia double O award winner is going to be so we can load it, load it over the other guy until the next episode. Agent Jared and I have each prepared three questions for a total of six, or almost six. I think three times two is pretty close to six. <laughs> we'll take turns asking each of our contestants a question. You get it right, that's one point. You get it wrong, your opponent has an opportunity for a steal. Most points gets you the coveted double O award, a briefcase with a sniper rifle in it, and Sylvia Trench's phone number. Hey, yo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wild supplies last not available in all areas. So let's start the segment we like to call Agents Under Fire. Well, I understand double O's have a very short life expectancy. Delvin, you are the current champion. Would That's you like me. to go first or second? Let's rip the band-aid off first. Let's go. Jason, you want to do Delvin's? All right, Delvin, here it is. What is the name of Goldfinger's plan to irradiate the gold oh. of Fort Knox? You see, Pat, always, <laughs> always with the groaning yeah. and complaining. Like, do do I, I never groan or complain uh, at your question? I don't. I don't do that. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a classy agent. You know? <laughs> He's stalling for time while he Googles this. I, think. <laughs> I, I, I don't need the Google glam, Grand Slam. I already knew it. Nice. <laughs> oh, there That's it is. Delicious. Breakfast at Denny's. Pretty good breakfast at Denny's, too. It is good, yeah. man. Yeah, it it's is. no Dagwood, but, you know. So, uh, Delvin kind of let us down there uh, just a little bit. So, Pat. Yes. Ah! But, there we go. I was like, <laughs> yeah. All right, Patrick. Agent Pat, name five few gadget upgrades to the Aston Martin DB5. Because there's a bunch. Uh, so there's a ton, um, man. This, a license, place, license plates that change. Ding. Guns. Ding. Uh, a bullet uh, a shield that comes up in the back. Ding. Things to blow out the tire. Ding. And Things the, to blow out the, the tire? tire? Or whatever, spikes or whatever. Yeah, I, I didn't know what they were called, but they're cool. Well, it's built in, that thing. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Legit. Ooh, 
Hey, <laughs> listen here, Delvin. I don't make noises. We only need one more, and there's so many left. Um, and then I'm going to go with the... You're, man, you're missing the obvious one. Man. I know, it really is. Go, hold, let, me, let me say it here. I'm going to go with the, the tracking device. Ding! I would have gone with... You want to you wanna go for more just to show no, off? No, no, no. Jason, what's he leaving out? The ejector seat, the ejector man. Ejector seat, yeah. smoke screen, smoke oil screen. slick, bulletproof glass, which is weird because he also has that bulletproof shield. Yeah, and if you watch the behind the scenes, there are some other things they didn't show in the movie, including a phone in the door and a little pull away uh, thing. I think it was under the seat that had a grenade, a knife, and an extra gun. Damn, oh. Jason with the deep dogs. <laughs> oh. I'll drop a little bit of trivia on this as well. When they originally filmed the scene, the director said, "Okay, just show Bond the car, and then we'll surprise the audience with the gadgets later on." And Cubby Broccoli stepped in and said, "No, no, no, no." We always tell the audience what the gadgets are so they can enjoy them later on. I think that's a better call. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that would become, you know, that's part of it for from here on in. They'll describe gadgets before they use them. I mean, they did it before, but anyway, it was a good call. Well, there's more gadgets I believe to use. Well done, Agent Pat. Your first round point is solidly in the bank. Thank you. All and right. start getting tougher. They are. It's going to get a little tougher here, Delvin. All right. What's what's the name of Pussy Galore's air show act? Oh. <laughs> and it was oh. on a poster, too. <laughs> it was. It was on a big freaking banner. <laughs> Part of me wanted to see if I could go on eBay and find that poster. <laughs> I'm always going on eBay looking for... Cut that out, cut that out. <laughs> Um, I, I think you shouldn't edit it. You should just, it should be like, I always go on eBay. Looking for beep beep. I think Delvin's Googling right now. I think yeah. he's cheating. I, 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 I never would cheat. You know, I, I should say, you know, pussy galore, something, something. And it would be something. similar to Pat's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <this stuff. laughs> So with that said, you, you got me on this one, Jason. I can't remember it. Steel, Pat? Yes. I will say Pussy Galore's Flying Circus. Ooh, ooh. Oh, Pat's moving in. Stealing the secret plans. Oh, my goodness. And Pat, the next question is to you, sir. What ah. is the name? <laughs> Good. Well, well played. What is the name of the man who was crushed to death in the car? Oh, that's a good one. I hear people flipping through notes. That sounds like Delvin's notes to me. I think I remember. Uh, I didn't take the name down, so I am going to say Mr. That part is correct. <laughs> and just as a follow-on question, how come there wasn't like a ton of blood just oozing out of that? Because <laughs> they actually show, you can see the back seat. It's like, there's no body in there. Why yeah, the I know that back too, seat? yeah. Of this car. He's not in the back seat of the car. He should at least be slumped over. You know, when he shoots him, he should be at least be slumped over somehow. But yeah, but, yeah, but, but what's his name? <laughs> um, his name is uh, Mr. Slim Shady. <laughs> um, his name is Mr. Crunch. That's <laughs> a good guess, but wrong. Delvin, is it in your notes? M- Mr. Crunch would be the name of the person on the Captain Crunch box. Oh, yeah. yes, yes. But this guy's name is Mr. Solo. 
Uh, that's right. That guy must—he does. I'm gonna have to bust out some tiebreakers. Doesn't he call him like what are you oh, chicken no. solo? Does he? Does the other guy call him a chicken or something <laughs> like that? Oh yeah, like yeah, it's so something like that. Yeah, what are you yellow or chicken yeah, or something, something like, like that. that? How are you gonna separate hmm. Mr. Solo from all that gold? Well this, done. Yeah, that that was only question number two for both of us, though, right? Yeah, you. We have the third and final round to go on here. Oh my! Third gosh, round. Yeah. These are the tough ones. So, and this one goes to you, Delvin. Ah! There we go. All right, pressure's <laughs> on. I made that up. Me. <laughs> me. Everyone stop what you're doing. Look at me. <laughs> what kind of golf ball did Bond find? Not Goldfinger's official ball, but... It wasn't a one. It was a seven. Ooh. Oh, yeah. You're correct. Yeah, yeah. He's but right what? about the seven. So I don't He's know. got the give seven. Him I don't know. It's kind of important, the brand name, I would think. <sighs> oh, now we're good. Now we're going specifics. Wait, wait. I will, we'll play this like we did in the last episode. If you don't know what the name of it. And I and, don't. And Pat doesn't know the name of it. We'll let you have it because you got oh, the seven part. No, don't give him. I don't know it. I, I don't know <laughs> the I, brand name. If he doesn't know the name, I know that the name, I think, starts with a W. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, no points are awarded. Well, yeah, I don't think we. I don't think we award anybody. No, you can't be like. Ah. Wait, so you know what? I feel like solo right now. I was talking <laughs> points, <laughs> and now I'm getting them yanked away, and I'm getting thrown in the freaking car. Compactor. I don't know what. I mean, he did get it was a seven. Ah, it's a tough spot. You said what ball? What was the name of the ball? <laughs> That's true. It does say what kind of ball. Wow! Because he, wow. he calls out. Oh, he plays. Well, out. we've only got we've only got the the one more question for Pat, right? Yes. Is that okay? So, so I think what we should do is Jared will ask you the question, and if you get the question, you win the game. Shenanigans. If you don't get the question, it goes to Delvin, and Delvin can win the game. Well, that was how it was going to be anyway. Good point. Here we go. Question <laughs> But I said it in such a way that it makes sense. It's like when I talk to my kids. Anyway, this, this isn't it working. Goldfinger. <laughs> well, hold on. Wait. Don't ask the question. What was the answer to the what type of I was of about to tell you. I was about to tell you. Slashinger 7. Okay. Oh, what's, James, the, what's James Bond play? Pen full of hearts. Damn it, Jason. I'm not asking. <laughs> oh, I thought that was an open uh, one for all oh, of us. Yeah, I'm just oh. Pinful of hearts, that's right. What, did, what right. did he replace it with, though? Slashinger. Well, he had a Slashinger 7 uh, that he used to replace Goldfinger's Slashinger 1. Goldfinger was playing a oh, 1, he swapped it with 7. Okay. To make it look like Goldfinger played the wrong ball. And his was, Goldfinger's was red, the other one was a, a black ball, right? I don't know about the colors. Color like, the, well, I think it was different. just, I think they were the same colors, just one was a 1 and the one other was, was a 7. seven. Oh. And so when he lost his ball, and they were looking for it. The odd job cheated and mm-hmm. dropped another Slazenger one. And the guy that was Bond's caddy said, "That's not his ball." He said, "That's his ball. I'm Arnold Palmer, or whatever." And Bond says, "It's not his ball because I'm standing on standing it." Standing on so, it. Yeah. <laughs> so Bond was cheating. Everyone was cheating. <laughs> Everyone was cheating. And so he knew he was cheating, so he kept the Slazinger 7, and he switched out that one with the 7 and let him play, think he won at the end, and then said, oh, wait a minute, you're playing with the wrong ball. Too and bad for you. And since we're playing strict rules, that means... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. All right, anyway, that's the recap. Pat, you want to try to win this? Oh, let's try. Do you screw this up? Devil might snake it away from you. What is the fake last name that Tilly Masterson gives when she first meets Bond? Ooh. I hear notes being flipped. That's not me. Yeah, that's a Delvin's notes. I can hear it. Um, Tilly Masterson. What does she call her name? I don't know. Are you going to win this game, Delvin? Does he got to do it? I believe her name was Soames. Boom! Oh, oh man. Oh. Wow, Delvin. How are you, man? I'm proud so of- glad I wrote that down. Hooray for me again. Hooray. Hooray for me. <laughs> Delvin's like, he's just printing out the scripts now. He's just got the scripts. These are my notes. <laughs> that, that, is, that, is a part, that is a part of my preparation now. I'm spending half the time writing down things that I can be tri- that can be trivia for. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, I should be writing some things down. But I'm like, ah, oh, screw it. <laughs> Wow, 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 wow. All right. Well, congratulations to Delvin the Dark Web Williams. Be sure to do the right and proper thing and lord this victory over Agent Sampson until you meet again in the field next episode. You want it. You keep it, old buddy. Now for our, it says final segment of the show. It's more like the semi-final segment of the show, entitled Return Fire. And during the Return Fire portion of the show, our rookie agents, Pat and Delvin, get to toss Jason and I a trivia equation that they brought with them in an attempt to stump the double O experts. So let's get going with Return Fire. This never happened to the other fellow. I think this is going to be hard, too, because I think this is probably the movie Jared's watched the most out of the Bond. It is. Like, on one hand, I'm like, I've seen this movie. I'm I'm probably not using hyperbole here. I've probably seen it 40 times. But when I watched it this last weekend in preparation for the show, I totally mailed it in. Like, I had it on the background while I was folding laundry. And when I was done, I was like, damn, I should have watched it closer. (laughs) That return fire is going to get me because I didn't watch it close enough. So, uh... Who wants to go first? Okay. I'll go. Who's the <laughs> smartest of Jared and Jason? Jason, you're right. You're you know right. what? I'll say it for the win. If it counts for the win, I'll say it. Sure, it's Jason. Um, I'll go. But now, can my question be non-movie related? Uh, maybe. What, well, well, I mean. Maybe on that. <laughs> Which, boy, you were just going Like, what did I have for dinner? <laughs> no, no. It'd be more of. <laughs> what is my people? wife's pet name for me? <laughs> three people who have never been in my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pat. Go ahead. Well, okay, I'll do this one. So since you guys already know, the person that played Odd Job, his name is Harold Sakata. 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 Is he related to John Sakata? (laughs) I think you're thinking of the singer. (laughs) Yeah. I miss another day without you. Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. (laughs) I actually know some John Zakata, yeah, but you know yeah, I like John Zakata. We're gonna keep this a serious podcast. Right? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, serious so, what, ish. so he played Odd Job in Goldfinger. Yeah. And he was an Olympic silver medalist at what sport? Wrestling. Right? Wrestling? I uh, think Jason. Here's what we'll do, I, Jason. I'll say wrestling. Think, you say weightlifting. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say I think it was weightlifting. <laughs> and one of us is gonna get this right, so we both won't go down in flames. Uh, but you know what? Well, yeah, I like that. Stri- I like that strategy. But the more I think about it, I think weightlifting might actually be the right answer. But just to cover our butts, I'll take the hit with wrestling, and you go with weightlifting. Okay. 
Sounds good to me. What is it, Pat? It's weightlifting. Ow! I took a round. I did it for you, Jason. <laughs> I did it for you. That was a good question, though, Pat. I like that. I had another one, but go ahead, Delvin. Yeah, I, I, I might have two if the first one is super easy. They're bringing extra bullets to this. I don't know if I, I guess like so, that. man. It's like... So, um, who was the general that was in charge of Fort Knox? Oh, I knew Ooh. somebody was going to ask this. Oh, my gosh. I knew someone was going to ask this. This is why I should have paid attention. I, I know this is in the back of my mind. Okay. I just I thought I remembered him just calling him Brigadier. No, his name's they don't say it, it's on the sign. It yes, says so and so welcomes you to Fort Knox. That is correct. And Jared. it's gonna come to me. It's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna come to me. Good one, Delvin. Oh, oh yeah. Thanks, oh, that is such a good question. Oh even I didn't pay that much attention. <laughs> oh, this is gonna drive me nuts. Son of a motherless goat. <laughs> I know this. I know that I know it. You just say it and I'm going to get so mad. Oh. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll fill this time in singing some John Cicada. Go Wait. right ahead. Tell me, tell me. Where do I go from you? Where do I go? Lonely streets where every road's going to lead me to. What do I do with these blues, baby? I want to know where do I go from you? Got any more? I need more time. (laughs) (laughs) This is driving me. I I swear I can see it in my head. I swear. You just got me. I don't know. I don't know. It is General Russ Hun. Russ R-U-S-S-H-O-N. Russian. Russian. Yeah, I, I yes. saw that, and yes. I was like, and, and I thought that was going to be a trivia oh, question. Like, oh, man, that is man. such a good one. Oh, that kills me. I just, I, yeah. oh, I've noted it so many times, and I just let it fall out of my head like an idiot. Uh, well, well done. I, I didn't even, I would never even have guessed that. I was, I was well done. Reading, reading the inside of the DVD cover, apparently uh, Russian was the name of the, uh, I think a name of a general that was on Fort Knox that let them, you know, do the little bit of sightseeing and stuff that they did on, onto the, onto the fort. Uh, and so they gave him uh, credit by putting his name into the movie. Dang, dang, dang. Oh. Hate myself now. I uh, know. I'm disappointed. I was feeling good. You should be. If we need to edit the show for time, we can, but uh, you guys had secondary questions. Yeah. Go ahead, Pat. Uh, my secondary question was when in the beginning of the movie, uh, the opening scene, he sets the charge. What what does his watch say, and what do, what does he set the timer to? Like how many minutes? Well, it's a time. Oh, it's a time. Yeah, I, time I don't think it? I don't think I'm going to get it. What time um, does his watch say when he's setting the timer, and what time? How long does he set it for? I, I'm just going to shoot from the hip. I, I I don't think I've ever paid a close enough attention to that part. I, if I shot from the hip, I'd say maybe 8.55 and then 9. Jason? I was thinking it was closer to 10 and like it was five minutes. So you go 9.55 and 10? Okay. Yeah. What was it? His watch, he looked at his watch, it was 12.10 and then the timer was set to 12.20. Oh, not uh, bad. That's, that's a deep cut, man. You got us. Should have used that one. Damn it. <laughs> now, Delvin? 
You already killed me once tonight, man. You put it. I it, it that was that one hurt. That one hurt. I'm not lying. Maybe, maybe this one. Maybe this one brings you back to life. So um, the femme fatales are flying over uh, the base, and you know they deployed the DND gas, <laughs> and um, they were returning. Uh, happy, that, <laughs> happy that they satisfied the um, the mission. And they reported back that the mission was complete, and there was a certain operation name that they had. Uh, lullaby. Uh, the nope. baby's asleep. Not lullaby. Ro- rocket, rockaby. Rockaby. It's rockaby baby. There you go. <laughs> Dang it! I was closer on that one at least. <laughs> what was the yeah, name of the gas? I was DSD's next. <laughs> was, was it DS? Excuse me, D ninety. D ninety. Delta I thought it was. Nine, I thought it was Delta Nine nerve. Delta gas. Nine nerve. Yeah, Delta Nine nerve gas, which incidentally yeah. is uh, fatal. So, uh, well, all right. Those are good questions. You guys are getting good at this. Too good. Yeah, Too good. yeah. Boy, I need to up my game. Oh, really? Goodness. All right. Nicely done, guys. And and yeah, really nicely done. Those are some tough questions. Agent Jared, what do we have in the eyes only mailbag this week? What? No small talk. No chit chat. All right, kicking off our eyes only mailbag this week. We got a couple of audio files uh, sent in from some some listeners. Uh, some folks have wanted to hear a little bit more from Delvin's lovely wife Miranda, who watches these movies side by side with him. Uh, so we're going to introduce a feature this week called "From the Desk of M," and our lovely Miranda is going to give us her real quick thoughts in an audio file on Goldfinger. So bring it to us, Miranda. Here are some of my thoughts on some of the characters from Goldfinger. Julie. We learn that Julie is Goldfinger's assistant, his eyes in the sky when he wants to cheat at cards by the pool. James meets her. She meets James. They have a good time together. And the next time we see Julie, she's dead. She's been painted in gold, died from suffocation from the paint, all because she was with Bond. She helped Bond. And Goldfinger didn't like that. Goldfinger is not only evil, but he is also petty. Julie's sister. She wasn't very long for this storyline, and that's really all I have to say about her. Goldfinger. He's British-born with a weird accent. I don't recall if they ever explained why he had such a weird accent. I guess to make him more man of the world and you couldn't pin down exactly where he was from. And was Goldfinger his government name? How on the nose is a mon- evil moniker is that? I mean, he had a weird affinity for gold, which I don't recall them going into extensive detail as to why, but he was evil and petty. This character, I actually didn't get their name, so I called him the Blade Hat Guy. I really wish he had at least one line. I feel if you're going to throw a hat with a blade at someone, that you should have a really cool catchphrase or tagline to say. I mean, he couldn't say one line, just something. I really had a lot of questions about his character and really am interested in more of his backstory, but I don't think he's going to be in the next movie. (laughs) The next character is Pussy Galore. Ugh, her name. Yes, I know the female characters in the Bond series, their character names are pretty on the nose. This one was really, really there. Um, But I actually like this character. I like that she was very consistent about how she was about her business and her money, and that was really the only reason she was with Goldfinger. She made it abundantly clear she was not interested in any of his advances. She 
didn't even seem like she really cared for him all that much. All she cared about was the, what she could get out of this is monetarily. I also like that she didn't fall and fawn over James Bond like every just about every other female character does in these series. I like that she was very upfront that she wasn't interested. I guess until she was interested. Because we later find out that after one role in the hay with James Bond, she no longer wanted to follow through with her, the evil plan to help Goldfinger and kill all these people. She had a change of heart. I really would have respected her character a lot more if she remained true to that plan, the evil plan, instead of changing her mind. That didn't seem believable, but I also realized they needed to advance the plot, so that had to happen. James Bond, <laughs> international man of mystery, and proof that shows one roll in the hay with him and he will change your mind about everything. I can't wait to watch the next one, and I thank you guys for letting me add my two cents to your show. Thanks so much. Very cool. Thanks for being part of the show, Miranda. We appreciate that. And and the from the desk of M might become a regular feature on the program. Next up in our mailbag, we have another audio clip from friends of the show Ruth and Darren. Ruth and Darren run the the R A D Ruth and Darren Rad Adventures website, and we're going to call this our research and development from Cube Ranch. That's another little R A D for you. So we got Rad and Rad, and it's just Rad. So this is our research and development thoughts with Ruth and Darren. Hi, I'm Ruth. And I'm Darren. Of the Rad Adventures Network. It was terrific to hear our friends Jared, Jason, Delvin, and Pat start this great new James Bond podcast. We're both longtime fans of the movies, and the discussion of the first two films was great fun. And since Goldfinger has special meaning to us, we thought we would share some Rad Bond thoughts with our friends. While Roger Moore was the first Bond I saw in the cinema, I was already a fan of the movies from seeing the Sean Connery films, which were frequently shown on primetime TV when I was growing up. Goldfinger was a definite favorite of mine, and I had a model kit of the Aston Martin with all of the gadgets. I remember patiently gluing together all of those tiny pieces, and I still have the model safely packed away. Another big reason the film is special to us is because it features one of the best Bond girls in the entire film series, which is Honor Blackman. She is smart, strong, and confident. I love that. And Honor Blackman loved the role and loved the name of her character and relished interviews to promote the film where she frequently used her character's name to embarrass interviewers. We're also big fans of the British espionage series The Avengers. And in that series, Honor Blackman played John Steed's partner, Kathy Gale. It was because of her role in that popular series that the bomb producers cast her in Goldfinger. In fact, they rewrote the script to give Honor Blackman a chance to show off her judo skills, which she used regularly in The Avengers. In a funny scene in The Avengers the year after Honor Blackman left the show, John Steed receives a Christmas card from Kathy Gale and wonders why the postmark is from Fort Knox. We had the pleasure to meet Honor Blackman in 2011 at a convention to celebrate the 50th anniversary of The Avengers. She is a lovely lady and posed for photos with fans and signed autographs from both The Avengers and Goldfinger. And Honor Blackman wasn't the only actress to leave the Avengers for a James Bond film, but that discussion will have to wait for another time. A neat piece of trivia from the film is that while actress Shirley Eaton, who plays Jill Masterson, is painted gold in the film, it was actually actress Margaret Nolan who plays Dink, who is seen in gold paint during the opening credits and in promotional posters for the film. We were very lucky to be able to get her autograph at a convention in the past. We were also fortunate to see the Bond in Motion exhibit at the London Film Museum a few years ago. 
The exhibit features dozens of cars and other vehicles, as well as costumes from the Bond films. And it was terrific to see Goldfinger's Rolls-Royce Phantom III. Our friend Paul from Belfast is another James Bond fan, and he frequently visits Bond filming locations when he travels. He's been on the winding road in Switzerland featured in Goldfinger, and he's stayed at the Fountain Blue Hotel in Miami Beach. And Paul also got Burt Kwok's autograph for us at a convention in the UK. And now it's time for a segment we're calling 007 Hits and Misses, when we share our thoughts on two low points and seven high points in the film. These films are a product of their time and are designed to be fun, and I'm usually forgiving of them. But one low point is definitely when Bond slaps Dink on the rump and tells her to move along because it's time for man's talk. That went a bit too far. And though it certainly isn't intentional, it is mistakes made by Bond himself that get both of the Masterson sisters killed. The film does show Bond being remorseful and seeking vengeance, so the movie addresses those plot points. But it still isn't Bond at his best. We love this movie, so I'll admit it was very difficult to come up with two low points. But it is even more difficult to limit the number of high points to only seven. There are so many great things in this film, and it established the template that Bond films followed for decades. So here are our top seven hits. Number seven, the fight after the explosion when Bond tosses the villain into the tub, followed by an electric fan, and then says, shocking. Number six, the scene when Bond drops the heavy bar of gold on the green, which causes Goldfinger to miss his putt. Number five, the scene when, without looking, Money Penny tosses Bond's hat and it lands perfectly on the hat rack. Bond's surprise reaction is priceless. Number four, the mini gadgets in the Aston Martin, including the ejector seat, the machine guns, the oil slick, and the bulletproof shield. Number three, the scene with Q. It was director Guy Hamilton who told Desmond Llewellyn to ignore Bond and treat him dismissively since he doesn't take good care of his gadgets. This established a great rapport between Q and Bond that would last for many years and many films. Our runner-up is the excellent opening sequence of Bond in his scuba gear, followed by setting the explosives then removing his scuba gear to reveal that he's wearing a tuxedo underneath, and then nonchalantly entering the club just before the huge explosion. And number one is Honor Blackman, who turns in a terrific performance as a strong female character who really is James Bond's equal. She is perfect. Thank you, friends, for this terrific show and for letting us share these memories. Remember, we're Rad, R-A-D, which is short for Ruth and Darren. And there you have it. That is Ruth and Darren of our research and development department over at Q Branch. Fellas, thoughts on that? Rump. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, I'm pretty jealous of that Aston Martin DV5 model kit that he's got tucked away. Yeah, so I am too. Cool. Yeah, as far as he still has that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they brought up that that thing about Dink being in the in the credits like we did. So I guess we squashed that bit of trivia. But aside from that, I thought there's some pretty good insights. Yeah. yeah, very interesting. Yeah, it's and it's nice to have a, a woman give her perspective on that, and and I can I can under completely because uh, uh, I I always you got to just imagine can you do anything like that now? Like you could probably do something like that to your wife jokingly, <laughs> but but that's it. Could you imagine like in, in, uh, doing that in the office? Oh Lord, no. <laughs> How quickly would you be fired? <laughs> like there were probably I'll, I'll were find pro- out tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. There, were, there would probably be somebody. All four of us get fired tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, there'd be somebody with a James Bond ejector seat. You know, wait, what the? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, thanks, uh, thanks, Ruth and Darren for that. Really appreciate uh, the soundbite clips. They said brought up so many cool things they couldn't even keep track of them. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, yeah, I know. I'm really jealous that they have Honor Blackman's autograph. <laughs> Honor Blackman's a cool name. Yeah, that's I, that would have been an even cooler name than Pussy Galore, but <laughs> I think I don't. I like the name. I thought it was a cool name. I must be dreaming. That sounds, <laughs> sounds more stronger. But my name is Pussy Galore. <laughs> and then just the 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 facts of you know her being an, an Avenger. I didn't know that. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. And like and then, like they said, there's going to be another very important Bond uh, actress come out of that show, but we'll get to it when we get to it. And I like the the other thing is how she, Ruth mentioned, too, that then in the Avengers, he got a message back saying that she was from uh, – she was it was from uh, Fort Knox. Fort Knox. And that. So pretty, that's, yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool tie-in, some pretty cool information. Uh, they definitely do their research. So thank you, Ruth and Darren, for that. Uh, I've learned something more. There you go. Me and too. you know, if you want to be like Ruth and Darren or Miranda and you want to send us an audio clip, you can send it to ohmspod at outlook.com. Just email us your audio clip. We ask that you keep it to about 30 seconds or so. Of course, from the desk of M and Ruth and Darren are special, so they get more than 30 seconds. But send us a question, send us a comment, or send us a trivia question, and we'll be happy to play it on the show and perhaps even answer it. If you want to just get in touch with us on social media, we've got our very own Twitter account now, which is simply at O-H-M-S-P-O-D. And you can hit us up there. In fact, I've got a couple items from our Twitter mailbag for us to discuss on this episode. Martin Wiley writes in and says, the look on Sean's face during the laser scene was real. Burt Luxford got a bit too close with the blowtorch that was used to simulate the laser. So when Bond was freaking out, apparently there's a little bit of realism in that. In that. <laughs> uh, I guess they did expect him to talk after all. Um, uh, Martin goes on to say, Alf Joint was brought in at the last minute to play Capungo in the pre-title sequence. I think that's the guy. Is that the guy he fought with or the guy he met at the bar? That's the guy he fought with. The guy he fought with. Okay. Mm. Alf Joint was, okay. He was brought in at the last minute to play uh, the Capungo. The original guy was apparently caught. <laughs> he was uh, a cat burglar. And uh, was I guess he was caught or went to jail or was on the run or something like that. The original yeah, guy, they, he, he got busted before the uh, <laughs> before this the scene, and because he, they got was to, he on the lamb? <laughs> was he on the lamb? On the lamb. That's always fun to say. <laughs> he was on the lamb, and then he got. <laughs> so the Al, what was his name? Al Pungo or whatever. Uh, Alf Joint. Alf, Alf Joint played Al, Pungo. Okay, Alf. Yeah, so Alf Joint had uh, uh, they they said his cheekbones looked Mexican enough, so they <laughs> so they threw him. Why not? Why, hey, why not? not? Right? It worked. Yeah. Guy did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got another comment from Don Zuderman, and Don said, "My son, seven, has now watched the first seven Bond films, and Goldfinger is one of his least favorite." He explains, "I don't like how Bond gets captured." And he really doesn't do anything, does he? What's your take on that? We talked about that a little bit earlier. Um, yeah, Bond doesn't do a lot. You know, I, I will agree. Like, I to me, that's the one of the weakest scenes in my mind is when he's captured and holed up in Kentucky. But I mean, I think part of it is because for whatever reason, I, I I'm not as turned on to the Bond movies, the scenes that are in the U.S. I think because I live there, I like the more exotic locales but it does seem that he's just kind of immobile and doesn't do much there for a little while yeah but makes that for it that fort not scene yep yep rookie agents thoughts on that 
Agreed. I actually don't have much yeah. to add other than that. I, y'all covered it well. Yeah, we talked about it a little early in the show, but still, we appreciate the feedback, Don. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Joseph Illiff wrote in on the Twitter and said, I heard, oh, we didn't talk about this either. I, I heard that originally the timer on the bomb stopped at 003 seconds. Thus, Bond's line in the movie about being three ticks away from a jackpot. But this was changed to have it stop at 007, you know, basically to make it more clever. And the line doesn't make as much sense now. So what's the real story? And I think he's right. I think the script called for it to end at three seconds left, hence the line, three ticks, you know, left. But I think in post-production, I thought it was more clever to go to 007. Jason, got anything on that? No, that's absolutely right. The the original script called for it to to end in three seconds, and the line uh, that Sean Connery said three ticks away from from a jackpot um, – was was in the script and then they decided in post-production to to make it land on 007 uh and they they just uh i don't know if they just forgot to change the script or just you know said um eh, nobody maybe no one will notice <laughs> but that but that's good good eye and 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 absolutely right that's what the dvd cover said as well oh look at you with learning from the dvd cover i do i read i like it it kind of goes back to what Don said, though, about his seven-year-old son saying Bond doesn't do anything. He doesn't even stop the bomb. <laughs> that, no. that other dude showed up and stopped. Yeah. The other guy shows up. Yeah. He, he was about ready to blow everybody up. That guy's like screwing his hand away. Like, don't touch that. <laughs> hey, thanks for being part of the show, Joseph. The last comment we have is from an account called the Gamorian Guard. And the Gamorian mm-hmm. Guard says, longtime listener, first-time caller, love the show. My question is for Delvin. Can you give us any script insight on the new 007 script? I heard you were Felix Leiter in the film. Uh, also, I really relate to the 007 films where he ends up in the desert for some reason. That's our friend, the Gamorrean guard. Delvin, any insights on that? I thought he was going to comment on the KFC. <laughs> that KFC looked delicious. Yeah, I mean, stopping at the KFC would have been a good idea. But uh, about the new Bond movies, um, that would be telling. And they make us sign a disclosure agreement. So, unfortunately, I can't give out any information. Uh, maybe next time, Gamorrean Guard. He's probably a good dude. Oh, the Gamorrean Guard must be a listener because he stole my line from... I don't know what you're talking about. Um <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I have no control over what the Gamorrean guard says. It doesn't say. Uh, but anyways, of course, not. that is it for our feedback. And I'll just remind everybody once again: uh, if you want to be uh, part of the show and leave comments and stuff, just look for it. We usually troll for comments about a week out uh, before the show on Twitter. Uh, once again, that's at o h m s p o d. And you don't even really have to wait for the troll. You can always send send one in, or like we said, email us an audio clip, like uh, Ruth and Darren. Or Miranda. For Ruth and Darren, their shows that they do are Trekker Talk, Xenozoic Xenophile. Trekker Talk is not about Star Trek. No, it's not. And they do Warlord Worlds, which which covers the Mike Grell comics that are out there. And also their newest show is Sensational Sleuths, where they take a look at detectives. That sounds pretty cool. It is. I like that idea. So that will bring us to a close on this episode of MI6 Rookie Agents. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this crew, my boys and I also do some comic book stuff and you want to hear more from us. But in the realm of comic books, check out the Longbox Crusade. Pat, where can that be found? Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you, that can be found at the Longbox Crusade on Facebook and at 
the Longbox Crusade on Twitter. Uh, they can also be found on iTunes and Google Play, like Jason said, where we just were talking comics, kind of going through my collection and having some topics, some discussion of fun and music. Join us. I'm sure you'll enjoy. Oh, man, oh, man. I know I do. Well, thanks to the fellows for taking on yet another dangerous mission. And thanks to the listeners who tuned in. If you'd like to leave a question or comment on this or any of our episodes, feel free to contact the show at Twitter at OHMSPOD or email us at OHMSPOD at Outlook.com or contact us directly on Facebook or Twitter. My contact info is at Yard Sale Artist on Twitter, and I'm also Yard Sale Artist on Facebook. Jason? I'm uh, Weasel Skull on Twitter, and I'm Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. Pat? I am at Christados on Twitter, and Delvin? You can find me at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y 1977 on Twitter. Nice, nice. We hope to hear from you soon. The next episode of MI6 Rookie Agents will feature Thunderball. And remember, on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, we'll return. Is that Delvin Williams, a.k.a. the Dark Web, a.k.a. Felix Leiter? That's him. You got as many names as I do now, officially. Uh, Almost. You're giving me dude. (laughs) Almost. I got about 14 to go. I'll catch up. How's everybody feeling tonight? That's good. Hold on one second. Hey, baby, you got to go. Man talk. I'm kidding. She's not in here. <laughs> I was about to say, I, I was I was waiting to hear like a frying pan like fly across the room. Yeah, yeah that's not going to happen. Delvin, say hi to Johanna. Johanna, say goodbye to Delvin. <laughs> I just want to listen in to see how he does it. Or, you, know, you know what? I don't think he does it live. Yeah. What? Yeah, I know. Live. Right. Do it live. <laughs> Ew. Oh, oh. How do you not do it live? We got out Way I'm talking is ridiculous. Lame. <laughs> I got a script up. Who wants to do a show? Let's go. Oh, hold on. Hold on. What are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> did you really just ask what are we doing? Yeah. Uh, you damn right I did. <laughs> and I'll do it again. 
What are we doing? Bond rookie agent show on Goldfinger. And how are we doing it, Jared? We're doing. We're doing it live. That's right, live. (laughs) I can't hear you. That's right. He's trying to amp the crowd. I never. I have not looked at the script ever, so I'm not going to do it. I don't know if I can find it on this Dropbox thing. I'm not done. I got get started with Dropbox. Twelve days of crusadeness. Dropbox. Dropbox. It's not even. It's not in the Dropbox. (laughs) Oh well, then now I don't know where it is on my computer. It's in the Google Doc, and all you gotta do is go to Google. What if I don't go to Google? Do you have the script up? Because if you do, we're just gonna start doing this. (laughs) I do have the script up. You can go. I hate this podcast so much. Wait, where's the Docs thing? Is it this little pen thing? I'm going to kill you. Add notes. Don't hate the podcast. Hate the No, I'm trying to learn something. All right. Anyway, let's do it live. Muting. Jason's muting. He's taking this so seriously. These guys mean businesses. They mean his businesses. It just got real. All right. You shut up. Everybody shut up. I will will knock you out and paint you gold. <laughs> that, that, that's oddly specific. <laughs> cool sound effect that Pat made. <laughs> and our lovely Miranda is going to give us her real quick thoughts in an audio file on Goldfinger. So bring it to us, Miranda. Yeah, this is Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. In a section, since it's Ruth and Darren, R-A-D, we're going to call Rad Thoughts on Bond. So here are the Rad Thoughts on Bond for this episode. Hi, this is Darren. (laughs) And I'm Ruth. That's pretty spot on. That's not bad. Pat, you just, no, just, just, just be like he would with you. It was like, yeah, you know, we don't have to redo it. You know, we can keep it lame. (laughs) Oh, it's so funny. So this is our research and development thoughts with Ruth and Darren. Hi, this is Darren. <laughs> it's not bad. Hi, it's not bad. <laughs> I don't do it justice, though. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Ruth and Darren. <laughs> All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Make them feel it. Make them believe it. Here it is. Thunder, 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 yeah. thunder ball. <laughs> We should make some up and be like, this is Sean Connery. <laughs> you are messing up my voice. <laughs> oh, it's Christopher Walken. Shut up. From a view to a kill. Haven't heard back from you on that concept. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Chubbins and Sweetums? <laughs> you find this podcast exciting? <laughs> That's my good that's nobody that's better than me. <laughs> Why no, Jason? What are you talking about? No one's better than you. No, that's not. Everybody loves Jason. Everybody loves me. No, Jason, you're awesome. Pop, go to Weedle, go to Weedle, go pop. Hey, Weasel Skull just followed the podcast account on Twitter. I did. Hey, nice. I was like, I, I've only texted him. How many times have I texted giving him about this? I saw twice. you text me, and I was like, I mean, I didn't understand what you were saying. I mean, uh, I just God, like, so much. I'm, I'm learning so much about social media. <laughs> it's like a flood. <laughs> I learned Google Docs today. It was, it's been a big, big learning experience. And that was one of my favorite parts, too, when he calls, uh, calls Felix after, after, uh, 
after Jill's covered in gold paint, he's like, she's dead, Felix. And Felix is like, Dink? <laughs> like, what did you do? <laughs> and that's what I was telling you. I, I was like, I told Julie, I said, it just occurred to me, like, Felix has no idea who this woman is. You know, it's like bonded literally, like, in the span of when he left her to when he called her next and found her, shagged her, and had her killed all in like yeah, how he just yeah. assumed Dick was dead and like what what is <laughs> things are fast in double seven world. God dude. damn it, I can't keep covering this stuff up for you. Bob. <laughs> we gotta bury one more dead girl, man. Come on. I mean, the FBI is asking questions. <laughs> y'all have a good night. I will see uh most of y'all in a couple of days and I'll talk to you when I talk to you, Jason. All right. Have fun guys. See you next time. All right, bud. Night, fellas. Night, Dublin. Good night. See ya. Good night. Is he gone? I think he's gone. (laughs) He's listening on the dark web. (laughs) He's still here, I think. I'm looking at Dublin, are you there? I'm looking at my pop up windows to see if the dark web stuff is disappearing. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a wrap for this episode of Longbox Crusade Elseworlds. I hope you've enjoyed it, and we'll see you around the alternate dimensions in the future. Music themes for this show are done by musical genius Joe November. Please check out his SoundCloud at Joseflin99. That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-99. You will not regret it. <laughs>